The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. everybody it is friday september 29th 2023 and it is indeed a heck of a morning we are live on the mma fighting twitter space you can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the mma fighting podcasting network what is going on ladies and gentlemen i am mike heck hope everyone's having an incredible week hope everyone's gearing up for a great weekend there are combat sports going on. We got one championship. We got Canelo versus Charlo. Some other things, I'm sure. If you follow the great Caposa, you will find uh, no UFC this weekend. And I got to say, I'm kind of okay with that. As someone who, we've, I mean, we've had to cover 17 straight UFC cards, which I'm not complaining about at all, but sometimes you just... You need a weekend. You need a Saturday. And I have the whole weekend off. I'm very, very excited about that. Hang out with the fam. Get out of town for a day or two and just just have a good time and just kind of take a breather. And then we're just going to be off and running with UFC Vegas 80, UFC Vegas 81, and then it's UFC 294. And then we are just cooking with gas from there because then it's off to Sao Paulo and then it is off to Madison square garden. And there's just going to be so much going on. So enjoy the weekend, everybody enjoy the weekend because the rest of 2023 is going to be absolutely insane. So for those who are familiar with the Friday show, you know, what we do here. We ask anything. You can talk, ask me whatever the hell you want. We can talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. We can talk about MMA. We can talk about other sports. We can talk about, 
the MMA reporting world and the MMA media space. We can talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. Uh, for those listening live, we did start a little bit later. Appreciate the patience. Uh, I literally, two minutes before we went live here, wrapped up with the former UFC heavyweight champion of the world, one half of the main event for UFC 295, one Stipe Miocic, who will be fighting John Jones November 11th. I think everybody in the space knows that by now. So uh, stay tuned for that. Fun little chat with Stipe, and he's teaming up with Buffalo Wild Wings. There's going to be a, a pretty damn cool giveaway, chance for you and a guest to get the whole VIP treatment to attend UFC 295. So if you're like, oh, I want to go to this car, but I don't want to spend $57,000 to go sit up in the nosebleeds, well, you will have your chance to possibly get in there for free and have everything covered. So stay tuned for that. And let's go to you. This is your show today. So let's party and let's ask some questions. Uh, Sturdish Lager is going to kick us off on this Friday. Hello, sir. Oh, hello. Uh, I've got a quick question. Who do you think will be the backup fighter for Oliveira versus um, Islam? And uh, who do you think gets the title show after they are done fighting? Who will be the backup? That's a really good question, actually. I mean... You would think maybe Volk will do it again, but I'm not sure because I know he had surgery, but he's potentially got another fight lined up. So maybe him. Maybe they go Benny Dariush. I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't think they would send Gaethje over there. I mean, maybe they would. Gaethje is probably the next in line. That's going to answer your other question. I mean, it really depends because I feel like if – I don't know. I feel like Gaethje's going to get it no matter what. Like, I know some people will say if Charles wins, well, you have to run it back because Islam just murked him the first time. But he's only had one title defense. And yeah, there's a story there, but you can go back to that. You can go back to that. I think at the end of the day, Gaethje kind of has done enough to earn that shot. Gaethje and Makachev is a fresh matchup. And Gaethje and Oliveira is not. But if you want to go back and watch one of the greatest rounds in the history of the UFC, that's what you got with Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje when Gaethje got him out of there in round one. And I'm, I know there's a big part of Justin Gaethje that would love to get that one back. He's talked immensely about the power Charles Oliveira brings, says he's the hardest hitter, the guy who's packed the most punch of anybody he's fought in his entire career. So I do feel like Gaethje will be next. <clears throat> If Oliveira wins, I don't think they're going to wait a ton of time to keep that belt moving. And Islam isn't – I mean, Islam came back around in February, but typically he's not like the most active guy in the world. So it's got to be interesting. My guess would be Gaethje gets the winner no matter what. And then Islam maybe – I don't know. It could go a number of different ways, but I do feel like Gaethje will get the next shot. Uh, go ahead, Four Corner Sports. Hey, Mike. So this morning I was at work and I wanted to listen to the damn episode that I get a chance to listen to of Yuani and Jacek. Great job, by the way. And I was thinking, uh, like, I didn't know that Yuana had, uh, I think you, said, you guys said five title defenses. So my, my question is this. Who in strawweight do you believe is going to be able to match that? 
because I only have two that comes up to mind, and that would be Zhang Wei Li or when Tatiana does get the belt. But I just feel like it's very remarkable, and I didn't know the stat that um, whoever was champion has only been able to defend the belt once, and Yuana has been the anomaly and has been able to defend it multiple times. And then um, lastly, um, I have a question regarding... Uh, I saw Casey O'Neill is going to be fighting on USC 296. Uh, I believe it was. Um, what's up? She's fighting Ariana. Yeah, good. how do you feel like that that fight's going to go about? Just because I feel like this uh, it's a huge step up for Ariana Lipsky, but is this kind of like a squash match to see how she's going to do coming off an injury? Um, that's all I got to say. Thanks, Mike. I mean, a squash match. I don't wouldn't go that far. Um... I mean, Lipsky's looked pretty good recently. BJJ Aldrich, that's not an easy fight. Melissa Gatto, also not an easy fight. She's won three out of four. She's one that she's, I mean, clearly she's a fighter that we've been waiting to see, like, if she can break through. And I think winning two in a row at this point and getting a fight with Casey O'Neill, especially in a division like this, which is just deep and loaded up, I think it's a good fight. I think it's a good fight. And honestly, like, who else is really available? I think Lipsky's probably... Where would I put her? Where did I rank Ariane Lipsky in my women's flyway ranking? Let me pull this up real quick. I would assume I have her in the top 20. Uh, I have her at 21. So, yeah, I think it's a good fight. Let's see if she can get there. Let's see if she can get there. It's a fight Casey O'Neill could win. It's but it's going to be an interesting fight. I think it's good matchmaking. I actually think it's really good matchmaking. Because she, I mean, she, Casey O'Neill got pieced up by Jennifer Maya. That fight did not go well for her. She was supposed to fight Viviani Arujo. That was an interesting fight, considering where Arujo has been, losing to Grasso and then losing to Hibas. But I think as far as bouncing back from an injury, this is this is a better matchup for her. So, yeah, I like the fight. Good addition to the card and big fan of it. And then, uh, yeah, if you guys haven't listened to that episode of Damn, and I know we put out so much freaking content that the, the podcast feed can seem a little overwhelming, uh, but that is a great episode. That I've been at a part of a few Dams. We're actually in the middle of recording one. This week, uh, we're going to finish this up as pretty much as soon as I'm done here. Uh, but it was me, Jed, and Brian Campbell from Morning Combat doing the damn they were good about Ioana and Jacek. And it is great. It's great. So check that out. As far as there, like who could be, who can match the, that, that record? It's, I'm going with Zhang. I'm going with Zhang. As of right now, I am picking Zhang Weili to beat Yan Jonan. And right now I'm actually picking her to beat Tatiana Suarez. That might be crazy to say, but I just feel like Zhang is on one right now. And, you know, typically we say about some of these fighters, you know, get them now, get them now before they get really good. Uh, I kind of don't think you want to fight Zhang Weili right now. She's just, she's so damn good. She's so damn good. And I know Tatiana Suarez is a problem, but I just think Zhang is just, she's the one right now. Five is a lot, though, especially in, in this time. So five is a lot of title defenses, but I do feel like Zhang can get there. 
And if she beats Tatiana Suarez, I mean, there's no doubt about it. But who knows? Like, she might even, if she goes out and beats Jan Jonan and then goes and beats Tatiana Suarez, I mean, what else is really there for her at this point? Maybe just try to get the Rose one back, just try to get a legacy win. Maybe she goes up to 25. I don't know. But the next 18 months of Zhang Wei Li's career is going to be really, really interesting. Really, really interesting. Uh, Mikey, go ahead. Yeah, the what what I don't know. I just jumped to the covers. I have no idea what you guys are saying. But if you're saying that Zhang Zhang has an opportunity to surpass, people forget that Valentina set the bar. You know, like she. I was actually having this conversation the other day about like the lineage of those title defenses, right? Because people forget that Ronda Rousey has six title defenses, primarily because her first fight was a title defense. She never she never actually won the UFC bantamweight title. She was awarded it. And then her first fight against Liz Carmouche counted as a title defense. And, you know, she defended five times more after that. So she was at six, I think five, five or six. And then um, Joanna matched her and then Valentina got seven. So Zhang, you know, I think she has an opportunity to, you know, get to the Rushmore of a uh, straw weight at minimum. Cause I think that Rushmore list is what Joanna her already at least in the UFC, I mean, she's already up there, right? It's Joanna, her, Rose, Rose, and who would be the fourth? I'd put Carla there because you know Carla was the first champ and won it twice. Listen, sometimes I understand the fights weren't the best, except the first Rose fight, but you know, kind of has to count for something, you know what I mean? But uh, Zhang, what she's already a two-time champ, already has a title defense, and she's probably going to get another one depending on who she fights. I don't know. We'll see. Because I, I will say this, though. I still think people are so easy. I mean, maybe this is just me, but I feel like everyone wants to rush Joanna off the pedestal so quickly. I, she's still the greatest strawweight of all time. Yeah, okay, she's lost twice to Rose, but I still have her higher up on Rose. You know, sometimes you, you lose matchups that, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, <laughs> are you going to, people forget Magic, you know, Magic Johnson is still considered arguably the greatest point guard of all time, but he never had, you know, he's gotten swept out of the NBA finals, but people still consider him the best point guard of all time and at least top 10 goat. You know what I mean? So it's kind of interesting conversation, but uh, anyways, also if you can give me your takes about uh, tonight's one card, particularly stamp and CO. Uh, yeah. Anyways, have a good weekend guys. We kind of want to talk to you there. The strawweight Rushmore, yeah, Yuan is number one for me still, even though Rosa's two wins. Just, again, it is so hard to defend that title over and over again, uh, especially when it, it's just so difficult to do it. And she's the only one to do it more than once. So she, uh, she gets the nod. She gets the nod, at least in, in my opinion. Rose is up there. Zhang, I think, is up there now. I don't know if I put Carla there. She's close. It's between her and Jessica Andrade. It's between the two of them. But I would probably lean Andrade slightly, but not by much. I don't know. It's close. But I, I think Yuan is number one with the bullet and... Just because 
it's just been so tough, man. It's so tough to defend that title so many times. Um, the one fight stamp in Siohi uh, Ham, man, it's tough to call. I, I lean the more experienced fighter here. Like I know stamp has looked really good. The, the Elise Anderson finish that liver kick was fucking nasty, man. So nasty. She's looked really good, but I think COE ham might be the most underrated. She might be the most underrated female fighter in the sports history. Like, honestly, I know we look at her UFC run and she went one in three and it was kind of forgettable. It was just one of those runs. Like we'd love to have back. Like we'd love to see what she could do in the UFC. Now, if we could get her there, but man, she's just, she's so good. She's so good. It does not get enough credit for what she has done in her career. I was looking at this up the other day. I forget the number. Let me pull it up again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So outside of her UFC fights, she has won 15 in a row. Sometimes the UFC just ain't for everybody. But she's so good, man. She's so good. I'm leaning her. Stamp has become a much better fighter over the years. The last two specifically. But I just think so. Siohiham is it's just a problem. She's a problem. She's still really good, and she's still getting better, which is kind of scary. So it's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a real good fight. Uh, Joe, go ahead. Hey, Mike, I'm at the gym right now. Can you hear me well, or is there too much background noise? No, nah, I got you. You're good. All right, cool. So uh, it was just announced that uh, our Colby Covington and, and Leon Edwards are going to fight, and then during Dana White Contender Series post-fight, uh, was, or somebody asked about Bilal's next fight, and Dana says he's got another fight for him. <clears throat> so I wanted to ask you, uh, do you have any insight? Is it looking like it's Kamaru? And if not, who do you think it is? And uh, I also... So, sorry, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, you I, just, I wanted to get... I don't think I've ever heard your uh, welterweight Mount Rushmore. So if you can throw that in at the end, that'd be cool. Thanks, bro. Oh, man. Welterweight Mount Rushmore. Um, I'll get to that in a minute. Bilal... I mean, I have no, I have no real insight, but it would you kind of feel like it's got to be Kamara Usman because who else is it? Honestly. Who else is it? It has to be him. There's just nobody else that makes any sense. Uh, Bilal, Bilal should be fighting for the belt right now. In a lot of people's eyes, there's just nobody else. Is he going to fight JDM? It's got to be Usman. It's got to be Usman. This, as I said on the show, because I kind of predicted this was going to happen. And this is, if you listen to Tuesday's show, that obviously happened before the Contender Series. We talked about this a lot. Like, where does Bilal go from December 16th? And I said he should fight Kamar Usman. That should be the fight. That should be the main event December 2nd. Wherever that card takes place, that fight should be the main event. Five rounds. Let's do it. 
If Bilal beats Kamara Usman, doesn't matter. He's next. That's it. Although if Colby wins, it could create a little bit of trouble. Because if he waits and doesn't fight, he's effed. He's not fighting for the belt. He's not fighting for the belt. The Shafkat Wonderboy winner is going to have a, not a better case, but at least it's so recent that people will be like, oh man, Shafkat might just kill whoever the champion is. Or you look at it as Wonderboy, a well-liked figure in the space, who is 40, about to turn 41, working his way back up and getting one last shot at the title. The UFC loves telling those stories. And Leon and Wonderboy have never fought each other. So there's something there. Colby, all bets are kind of off because he could just say, no, I'm going to fight Connor. He's already talked about going down to 55 and fighting Islam. I feel like Bilal's chances decrease. It's none. He has zero. If he doesn't fight Usman or anybody else and Colby beats Leon, he's never fighting for the title. At least not as long as Colby's the champion. So this is very, very smart on his part if he is, it is Usman. Because honestly, I don't see who else it could be. This is very, very smart. Get in there. Get that fight. And I think Bilal probably realized something that I have been saying since May. The fight with Gilbert Burns at UFC 288 was one of the dumbest pieces of matchmaking we have seen all year. It made the fight itself made all the sense in the world, but to rush it on that card made no sense. Absolutely no sense. Because it meant nothing. It literally means nothing now. That win just means he had to win again in the end. And Gilbert Byrne gets hurt because he rushed into a fight like less than a month after preparing for another fight. And what did, what did Bilal actually gain from that win? Nothing. What did the UFC gain putting that fight on that card? They gained nothing. How many – like that, that fight didn't put any extra butts in the seats. Not that they needed it anyways because they sell out most events. How, did it do any extra pay-per-views? No. So, like, the whole thing, like, all of it just made no sense to me. And the, the winner of that fight was just going to sit there and just wait for Colby to fight Leon whenever that fight happens. And Leon had already said, like, nah, I'm probably ain't fighting until September, October, November anyway. So it was just a waste of time. It was just a waste of time. But if it is Bilal Usman, yeah, do it December 2nd. That's the main event. Wherever this card ends up, that card's looking pretty juicy as it is and you throw that in as the main event it's a damn good fight night card that's a really good one the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba DraftKings brings you same game parlays live betting odds boosts and so much more don't miss out as the nba postseason winds down and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Panda, no way. This can't be real. First time? Nope. Womp womp. I tried to put positive juju out into the universe. It didn't work. It backfired. Uh, as well, yeah. Good. Yeah, What's so up? I just got two things. One, MMA, and one, uh, something about the NBA. Uh, I start with the MMA. Um, just want to talk about Justin Gaethje. I, I really like his legacy he's carved out for himself, especially the comeback he's made after the Charles Oliveira loss, where a lot of fans were counting him out and thinking he was on his way out and you know, like how Tony Ferguson has been the last few years. But um, I'm glad to see that he's made a comeback. If he were, like, to win the title, presumably against the winner of Charles of Islam, uh, how many title defences could you, uh, do you see him possibly having? And I also want to just add on to that question, um, to that perspective, like, if he were to win the title and assuming who he fights for the t- um, for his title defences, would he probably surpass someone like Dustin Poirier or, you know, maybe a Benson Henderson or a BJ Penn in the all-time list? Um, you know, because if you look at some of his wins, he's had some of the biggest wins against the best best in the division, but he's also lost to important fighters like Eddie Alvarez. You know, he's lost to um, Charles Oliveira, obviously, and he's lost to Khabib, who will never be able to venture his loss. But I, I'm just I'm curious on your thoughts about uh, that question and just the NBA thing. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you saw the Dame trade already, and I'm I'm not really going to ask you your thoughts on that because it's it's quite clear, obvious they're going to be favorites for the finals. But uh, between like the situation with Miami and you know a situation like Sixers, which team do you think has more to lose probably within this, within this coming season in terms of roster and you know overall? time limit in winning a championship. Um, that's all I have, man. Have a great day. 
Mm, probably the Sixers. Probably the Sixers. Like, I think there's there's a different kind of pressure on Miami this year because you can make a strong case that the local media actually screwed this whole thing up for Miami with this whole Dame, Dame Lillard thing, and they thought they would get him, and they, they put out these narratives and, and all this stuff. And uh, Trista Crick, who I, oh, I really like, uh, she works for BetMGM. Now, she used to work at Barstool. Um, used to work for USA Today. I followed her for a while. She's, she's really good. Uh, she has just been ripping on the Miami local media when it comes to this. And you know what? She ain't totally wrong. She ain't totally wrong. So I think Miami, because of how this is all done, I think the Miami Heat fan base is going to be like, if they're going to be calling for people's heads if they don't make a run because that trade didn't go through. Um, and it's almost unfair pressure, but that's just how it all went down. So uh, it's got to be the Sixers, but we already know, look, man, we already know what the Sixers are going to do. They're going to kick ass in the regular season. They're going to go into the playoffs. They're like, oh, maybe the Sixers are going to do it. And then they're going to go play the Celtics and the Celtics are going to run them off the floor like they always do. It's just what's going to happen. They are not built to win a championship. They're just not. They don't have... They have really good players, but they don't have guys that are just like, listen, we're in this thing to win it. And I knew the Celtics were just going to smash them in game seven because they, they just ain't it. They ain't it. So, yeah, it, this is this is kind of do or die for the Sixers, in my opinion. Miami's going to be okay, but I don't know. They're going to be okay. As far as where Gaethje can go in the greatest lightweight conversation, I'll answer the other question as well uh, about the welterweight Rushmore list in a moment. I don't think Gaethje can get above BJ Penn and Habib. I think that's those are one and two. And I don't know if Gaethje can can get above those two guys. Benson Henderson is up there, in my opinion. There's others. He can maybe get to top five. He can maybe get to the top five, but I don't know if he gets he's certainly not getting one or two. He ain't beating BJ and he ain't beating Habib. Because, like, during those times when they were running shit, I mean, BJ Penn, at one point when he was in the middle of that run at 155, he wasn't just the best lightweight in the world. He was the best fighter in the world. Like, and everybody knew it. Everybody knew he was the best fighter in the world. There was a, no discussion, there was no conversation to be had. BJ Penn was the guy. And when Habib left, you can make a strong case that when Habib retired, he was the best guy. He was the best pound-for-pound fighter in the UFC. He was the guy. I don't know if we'll be able to say that about Gaethje. Maybe, maybe, maybe he, we will. If he goes out there and, like, let's just say Islam beats Charles again and Gaethje goes out there and just melts him and then does it again and then beats Oliveira and can get some of those wins back. Maybe, but it's... It's a long road, and Gaethje's been pretty open and honest. I don't think he's got five, six fights left in him. I don't know. Maybe he does, so I don't really see that happening. But Welterweight rush war. I think it's pretty clear. Boy, is there a part of me that wants to put Robbie Lawler in there. I want to put Robbie Lawler in there so bad, but I just can't. It's GSP, Matt Hughes, Kamaru, Usman, Tyre Woodley. Those are the top four. I would love to put Robbie in there, but... It hurts my soul that I can't. 
But those are the top four. Panda, do we have you? Oh, Panda, over oh, two. What the frig? Let's go to Daniel. Uh, okay. How about Cole? Cole, hello. Good morning, Mike. Looks like since no one else is, I got to hold down the free-for-all theme today. Um, when you're not holding down MMA fighting on a popular like fight weekend and you get to throw down the bangers on the turntables, what's like the farthest you've ever traveled for a chain gig or is that all like most local work? Um, and the other question I got is are you finally going to be able to like relax on a Saturday and Sunday this weekend uh, with the off week of the UFC, or you still just have shit going on no matter what? I hope you get a chance to sit down and relax this weekend. You deserve it, man. Thank you. Well, I I appreciate that. Um, furthest I've gone for a DJing gig. Um, I mean, when I was living in the Berkshires, I drove to like Rhode Island a bunch. I've driven to the Cape a bunch. Like I've never like been flown out to DJ anything. So uh, mostly in New England, I, I didn't really have to go like much further than that. But, um, uh, my I retired from DJing. Like I do it once in a while. Like I, Last Friday, we didn't have a show because I had an MC and DJ this, like, thing at my kid's school all day. It was this outdoor luau. So I had to, like, MC and play all the games and play a bunch of tunes that a bunch of elementary school kids are going to like. Uh, so I'm still – basically, I'm, like, my kid's school, like, personal DJ. So when they have events, like, in October, uh, they'll do, like, their trunk or treat thing. So I'll have to go and, like, MC that the whole night and – and stuff like that. So I like doing that. DJ weddings, like I've DJed so many weddings and like they're fun. But like when you get booked for wedding, like you don't get booked for one wedding. You get booked at least when I was doing it. I mean, you were getting booked. I was getting booked for like from basically April through October. I was DJing at least one wedding a weekend, uh, sometimes two, sometimes three, depending on how things played out especially in the fall in the berkshires where like everyone goes to look at the leaves and shit and the mountains and stuff like people were getting married on friday saturday sunday it was crazy man uh it just got to be too much it just got to be too much like the travel loading up the gear pulling it up and like a lot of these weddings now like it's not just one space you have to dj it's like three spaces where like the ceremony is out here but the cocktail hours in this room but the ceremony is in this room. So you have to like bring three systems and set up in three different rooms. And it's just like, it's just crazy. And I was just done with it. I just did it for so long. And I'm happy that like part of my life is behind me. I, I'll do it. You know, if there's a family member, like my family member gets married and doesn't want to pay for a DJ or something like I'll, I'll do it. Uh, but other than that, not my, not my thing anymore. Not my thing. Um, what am I going to do this weekend? I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, unfortunately, I got injured last night. Um, I mean, I've been going like super hard at the gym and like doing all the CrossFit stuff and like the lifting and everything. And then like some of the stuff I've been doing has been crazy. And then last night at old man fucking softball, uh, I rip a ball down the right field line and I'm going to turn a single into a double. And as I'm rounding first, like I just feel, I felt the muscle just pull right at my ribs, like right at the rib cage. Like I just felt it. And I'm like, Ooh, that's not good. And like, I came up a little bit lame by the time I got the second, I'm like, this sucks, man. And I, at first I was like, eh, maybe it's just like, I didn't drink enough water, but I haven't had like a, like one of those like soccer cramps in a while. But, and then I knew, and I was like, all right, maybe I'm okay. And then like, the next time I got up, I hit a rocket to the third baseman and he almost, it was a uh, first and second, almost doubled me up. But I felt myself running on the first baseline. I'm like, Ooh, this is uh this is not a, like a dehydration cramp. This is something bad. Uh, sleeping sucked. I can't, like if I sneeze or cough, like it, it hurts, man. It hurts. So I've been like doing some research and stuff like this ain't good. So uh, I will be relaxing this weekend. We're hoping to get out of town. Um, I've lived in South Carolina for over two years, and I have not been outside really of the Hilton Head area uh, and Savannah. Like, I haven't been to Charleston yet. Like, how is that possible? So we're going to try to go up there. We're actually going to try to go to New York this weekend because uh, I go there. I mean, I go there once a month anyways for the watch parties, but my kid is like, really into R.L. Stein and like the Goosebumps books. And R.L. Stein was going to do an appearance with somebody else this weekend, I think on Sunday. So we were going to try to fly out maybe tomorrow morning and like just spend the day in New York and like do all the sites and stuff. Cause I go for the watch party. It's like, I go for the watch party and then I'm donezo. Like I go there, I work and then I go home. So I don't really get to like explore too much and like check out the city and all that stuff. But I thought like, you know, what, let's try to go there this weekend and then we were going to go buy the tickets and go, and it sold out. So we couldn't really get there, unfortunately. And then I just saw a bunch of videos, like New York City is, like, flooded. So I'm like, oh, well, I, maybe it's a good thing we didn't go, but obviously feel bad for those folks and hope everyone's all right. But maybe, I think we're going to try to get up to Charleston and do some cool stuff, but I just want to get out of the house and, like, get out of this area, at least for a day, and just do some fun stuff and not focus on MMA and – put my phone away and just worry about doing stuff, you know? Uh, Bray, go ahead. Hi guys. Yeah. Thank you for letting me speak. Hello. Hi guys. I'm, I'm totally new to this. So yeah, nice to meet uh, other guys who like MMA too. So uh, what, what is this about? Are you a DJ or is this about MMA? What's going on? Oh, uh, well, it's most, it's always MMA, but on Fridays we, we throw the rule book out the window. We talk about whatever we want. Okay, okay. Would, would you agree that Sean Strickland is the best champion ever? <laughs> I mean, it's a little early to say that, right? He hasn't even had a title defense yet. But have you seen him before? Like, he was like a princess, uh, like a Disney prince. Did you see him? I did not see that. Um, look, man. Sean Strickland winning the middleweight title is still going to be like one of the best things ever. One of the funniest things in the history of the sport. 
And I, again, I don't mean this like disrespectfully. I mean this because of what he did to the UFC's plans. Like he ruined them. Absolutely ruined them. It's the best. Just the best, man. And I don't think he's honestly, and I, and it, look, a sh- imagine if Sean Strickland defended the title like 10 times. Can you imagine that? Like he, he's the guy that matches Anderson Silva's record. Like that would be incredible. What a friggin' story that would be. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. I think DDP is a really tough fight for him. I think Hamzad is, I mean, Hamzad's a nightmare for anybody. I don't know, but boy, I, I already enjoy living in this world where the, the near impossible happens. And we I feel like we've seen that all the time. This is one of those years where weird vibes kick in and then they, they come through, but it's going to be really interesting to see who Sean fights next, honestly. And when that happens, Panda, please, for the love of God, do we have you? Nope. Might have to ban Panda for the day. Uh, Dominic, go ahead. All right. How about DC Bets? Mike, you got me? Yes, I got you. All right, brother. Um, so I wanted to ask, um, oh, yeah, so you're talking about st- uh, softball earlier. So I was wondering, do you, uh, are you a lefty or you righty? You switch hit? Uh, are you going righty and you hit an oppo uh, down the right side line? That's good if you are. Um, but uh, yeah, I only ask because my dad can switch hit. So I try to switch hit sometimes and it's hard. You know, I can get a little bit, but it's hard. Um, but MMA related, I wanted to ask, uh, is there any news with Bueno Silva and if, uh, she was able to get the whole drug, uh, drug suspension off because it was her, um, what was her ADHD stuff? And yep. then, um, also, uh, Manel Kopp, who would you rather see him fight, uh, Kai Kerr France or Brandon Moreno, since he was saying that if Kai doesn't want it, that, uh, that he'll take Brandon Moreno on. Thanks, Mike. Have a good day. Thanks, man. Um, I mean, it's the Kai fight. That's that's the one. That's the one. I, I just don't know if Moreno's like into it. Moreno could just walk his way back into a title fight, probably, if he wants to. And I feel like I don't feel like Manel Cop does much for him at this point. So I would like to see the Kai Car France fight. That's the one we were supposed to get, anyways. That's the one I want to see. Softball, I'm a righty. Uh, I go in Oppo a lot because I. We need a leadoff hitter. And I was like, you know what? I'll be the leadoff hitter. Like, I'll just get I'll get on base, and then you guys do whatever. And if I get up and there's two on, then I'm going to try to hit the ball 400 feet. But if not, I'm just going to try to get base hit. So, uh, yes, I am right-hander. I play shortstop. My knees and my elbows are just wrecked uh, from diving all over the field last night. I'm that guy who takes Ben's League softball way too seriously. Uh, yes. So that is, that's what I do. Uh, Dominic, do we have you? I know you came through, so just go ahead and unmute yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have me. I think it might've been my Bluetooth or something. I apologize. Anyway, I just wanted to say that I, I think it would be crazy if Sean Strickland, uh, defended the title as many times as Anderson Silva. I don't see that happening, but then again, he surprised me. 
Um, you know, and it, I do think it also was funny that he did mess up uh, their plans there. But I had two things I wanted to throw out there and ask just uh, beans that I'm an Ohio guy. Uh, so I am obviously a huge Stipe Miocic fan and um, also been a fan of MMA since it started really and got big. Uh, so I obviously love John Jones. Do you think Stipe has any chance of beating Jones? And then uh, I guess my second thing to throw out there, do you really think Damian Lillard going to the Bucks with Giannis is going gonna, is gonna to put them over the top here? That's all I got. Uh, thanks, man. No, I, I don't know. I mean, how many times have we seen moves like this and we're just immediately like, oh, the Bucks are going to win the championship or go to the finals, and then they get ousted in the first round. So remains to be seen. I actually think Portland got a little – I'm not going to say they got better, but I actually think the continuity with the Blazers now I think has improved. I actually think they're going to be better than people think. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know if it puts him over the top. I still think the Celtics are going to beat would beat them in a in his in his playoff series right now. Now we get a full year under the the coach and Joe's got like a, I, Joe's got an offseason to prepare to head, be the head coach of this basketball team. And what's he doing? He's spending that time picking the brains of the best coaches in sports. You've seen him all over the place. Seen him with Tyson Chartier. I've seen him with Eric Nixick. Uh, you've seen him go out to Vegas at Extreme Couture. Like you've seen him all over the place, just trying to get a better sense of what being a championship coach is like. And as a Celtics fan, boy, do I love to see that. Absolutely love to see it, for sure. Does Stipe have a chance? I mean, look, Stipe has. Stipe has a chance on his best night to beat anybody. And matter of fact, I talked to Stipe less than an hour ago. Uh, he seems in great spirits. The man laughed a couple of times. Yeah, Stipe laughed a couple of times in this conversation. Uh, he says he's put on some weight. You could tell like just by looking at him, and even on a Zoom chat, and he's sitting down. You could tell like Stipe looks, Stipe looks ready to go. Looks a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. Says he'll probably be about 250 by the time the fight happens. Dude's ready to go, man. I'm I'm picking John to win. But look, this is 2023. We are living in a world where Sean Strickland is the middleweight champion of the world, and he thumped Israel Adesanya over 25 minutes. At this point, anything is possible. Anything is possible. I don't think this is possible, but anything is possible. Alexa Grasso thumped Valentina Shevchenko in a fight that most people thought like Alexa had no chance of winning. And Alexa Grasso won the title. Everyone thought Aljamain Sterling was going to thump on Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley knocks out Aljamain Sterling. This has been a vibey year where it just feels that way. It just feels like weird shit can happen left and right. So, I don't know. I'm picking John, obviously, but I mean, have I broken? Have I broken the record? Panda, this is bad, man. This is bad. Can you hear me, Mike? No, I can hear you. 
But this is I'm still this, this is our fifth. I'm not time. mad. No, I would be I'm mad. Not mad. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I agree. You know what? I'm going to sit down and take this flashing. <laughs> well, what's up, man? At this point, I gotta I gotta let out a banger here. I'm just going to go on and, and and shoot me off when when I've done enough. What in the world is the PFL doing this weekend? Do they have a fight card that we can't watch while the UFC has their first off week in nine months? Not nine months, nine weeks. Like, what in the world is the promotion doing? They have a chance to catch some eyeballs, maybe steal some shine from the UFC. Because, honestly, the UFC has been rolling in promotions ever since Bellator has been kind of going up in smoke over there. I think the UFC has done a good job of not only com- uh, compelling us with the Contender Series, but kind of kind of keeping us intact with OK cards besides that Strickland at Azania pay-per-view. Um, and then, yeah, secondly, I kind of want to rebuttal one of the things I heard today, basketball-wise. I think you said the Sixers. I love the Bucks this year, Mike. What do you think the Celtics are going to have to do to match up with them? Damian Lillard, Giannis, now Middleton. That's a matchup nightmare because JT and Brown. I guess maybe Smart. I don't know. What do you think, Coach Mike? All right, have yourself a heck of a morning. I mean, Smart's gone, which is tough, but I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be okay. I think they're gonna be okay. Look, just because they, this is the NBA, man. Like you can win, you can win sixty-eight regular season games, but if you don't win in the playoffs, it don't mean nothing. Ask the Miami Heat. Ask the Miami Heat what happened. All these fucking people giving me shit because they went out there and beat the Celtics. That was their Super Bowl, man. That was their NBA Finals. And then what happened? They go into the finals and just get melted. And then this whole thing, oh, we're going to get Dame Lillard. We're going to get Dame Lillard. The whole media is doing all this shit. And then they don't get him. It's the fun. That's funny shit, too. This whole thing. Him not going to the Heat is hilarious. Boy, is that hilarious. When I mentioned the Sixers, it was asked, like, who kind of needs to win more? It was the Sixers or the Heat. It's the Sixers. And they're not going to because they're just going to get they're going to get run in the playoffs like they always do because they have individual talented people, but they have they're just not a good camaraderie team and they don't have guys who just want and need the ball when it matters most. Go watch games. Go back and watch game seven of that Celtics series. What happened? Where is Harden? Where was he? Remember when he wasn't playing in MB2? Remember when I was remember when one of those guys was out and I was like, they're gonna be worse when that when they come back? Boy, I nailed that one. They're gonna be a worse team when that when he returns. And that's what happened. And they got run out of the building in game seven. It's it's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. PFL thing, look, I have not been the greatest P like I I want PFL to be good. And I just feel like they think they're great. And it drives me insane. It drives me insane, man. Not that this card is like anything special, if we're being honest. Because it's not like, this is not a PFL card. This is like a PFL Europe card. Uh, Which is not taking anything away from it. But if we're being honest, from a casual and even to a certain extent, harder core level... 
there's really we just want to see Cedric Dumbe fight. Like that's it. That's really all we care about here, uh, and we can't get it. So big mistake, especially when you put out a release to the media that you will be able to watch it. And then you turn around three hours later and say, well, now you can't. What? What are you doing? So I don't know. They should just find a way to like, just stream the, the doom Bay fight and call it a day, make it up to the people. But this is whole, the, the PFL's attitude just drives me nuts, man. It really does. Like they think they've already made it. They think they're there already. And they're so far away. They're so far away because of things like this. Because of things like this, like we feel like they're going to do something. And then even little, big, the headlines they make are just for the, like, the wrong reasons. It's for just mistakes they make. And I want them to be better, man. I really do. And they can. They can. They could be the unique player here and they just keep stepping on their own feet come on pfl come on viking go ahead hi it's winning in between the owner roots and kobe coming according to you thank you i'm out of questions and i can't think straight so i just have to ask these stupid questions so that's it Viking, Viking, this is heck of a morning. There are no stupid questions. There are no stupid questions. Um, I don't know. I don't have a pick just yet. Let me see what the betting odds are. Let's see what the betting odds are for that fight. I would. I mean, Leon's got to be the favorite. I don't think he's a big favorite, but he's got to be the favorite. Uh, not by much. Leon minus one thirty-five. Colby plus one fourteen. <sighs> I would bet. Like if you know, I always throw out the analogy. Like if twenty dollars falls on the ground, and when I pick it up, the magic person says, "Hey, here's your twenty dollars. We can only spend it, and you have to bet the money line on one of these fights." and they've offered this one, right now I'm putting it on Colby because he's plus money. Now, I have a feeling, I think this line was much wider earlier this week. I want to say, I thought Leon was like a minus 170 or something like that when this opened. Let me see if I can, if I'm just full of shit or I'm an idiot. Where did this open at? Yeah, I was right. Oh, minus 190. So Leon opened as a minus 190. He's our, Colby's at a plus 114 on DraftKings. There are some betting sites that have Colby as plus 105. Colby might end up being the favorite by the time this fight happens. Uh, and if that's the case, then I would bet on Leon Edwards. Whoever the dog is, I'm probably going to bet. Because I do think this is – I actually think this is a – I haven't heard a lot of gray area with this fight. People have said, well, either Colby's just going to 50-45 Leon or Leon's just going to kill him. Like, I feel like this is going to be a super competitive fight. Like, I really do. This is going to be a grind. 
I think it's closer to 50-50 than a lot of people are giving it credit for. Uh, but right now, like if I, if the fight was happening tomorrow and I had to put that $20 on somebody, if these odds on DraftKings, I'm putting it on Colby at plus money. But if the roles are reversed and Colby somehow is ends up being the favorite and Leon's got a plus 114 price tag on him, I would put it on Leon. That's just how I view this fight. If Colby can get off to a hot start, I think Leon's in for a really long night. But that's a big if. That's a big if. It all depends on how Colby fights in the first 10 minutes of this fight, I think. Because Colby's not going to slow down. He's just going to get better as the fight goes on. But if Leon could steal a couple rounds early, he'll probably win. So the first 10 minutes of that fight is going to be super important in my eyes. Uh, Bull, go ahead. Mike, good morning. Good morning. Um, so, look, Dana just uh, put out his top five GOAT list, right? I'm sure you've seen that. And uh, it was a lot of outrage. My question is, in particular, on the Conor McGregor position on the list and the animosity that's been built up between him and hardcore fans of the sport. For some reason... It seems to be the more hardcore you are, the more you hate Connor. Can you explain that dynamic and talk about it a little bit for me and also address his place on that list that Dana put out? Thank you, sir. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you. Um, what is his list? Uh, let's see. Who does he have? John Jones, okay. Ronda Rousey, Amanda Nunes. I haven't seen, honestly, I have not seen this list at all. I don't know if you want to hop back in and tell me what his list is, because I can't see it. Okay, this is one from because it. All right, I'll pull. I'll pull you back in because he's had like eighteen different lists, so I don't even know which one this list is. Bull, what, what's his it, list? It, it was it was one that uh that was going around in uh, on Twitter the last couple of days. Um, it was John Jones. Um, fuck, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but but Connor was like number four on on the list. I don't even really care about like the order of the list, just. Just wanted you to kind of speak about Connor being on the list and hardcores being so anti-Connor, it seems, the last few years. Like, the more you're a fan of the sport, the more you dislike Connor, even though he's the biggest superstar we ever had. I just wanted you to kind of address that dynamic a little bit. Okay. Yeah, so he's done – I mean, Dan, Danny gets asked this all the time. His answer is always different. Like, in 2022, his list was – uh, Rousey, Jones, Anderson Silva, McGregor, and GSP. But he, with the Mike Tyson interview, he didn't mention Silva, McGregor, or GSP. I mean, it it depends because like Dana could be looking at this from multiple angles. 
uh, he could be looking at this greatness in, in different ways. Cause he's obviously going to, he's looking at this through a different lens. He's looking at this as uh, you know, a fight promoter lens, but he's looking at this from a business perspective too. And if you're talking about the most important figures in the history of the UFC, Conor McGregor is 1 million percent on that list. Like the company does not, <clears throat> the company does not sell in 2016 for $4.2 billion without Conor McGregor. If Conor had not done what he had done over the, the year or two before that, they're not selling for $4 billion. This was based mostly on Conor to some extent. Like he made the sport. I mean, he put the sport in a different fucking planet during that run. Everybody knew who Conor McGregor was in 2016. Everybody. Like he passed the grocery store test back then. Seven years ago, where you go to the grocery store and be like, you know who Conor McGregor is? Yeah, he's the guy in the UFC. Like 90% of people you would ask would know who Conor McGregor was. And I feel like Rousey was kind of similar as well. The problem with McGregor is, and it, more so over the years, is the man, one, just can't get out of his own way. Two, he doesn't seem, I don't know, it's just broken promises, you know, talent not really met, I guess, in a lot of respects. Like, this is the biggest star in the history of the sport. People want to see this man fight, and he's not fighting. And even when we get to the point where, like, yeah, he's just not going to fight again. Then he goes and coaches tough with Michael Chandler. We're like, all right, now he's definitely fighting. Still not fighting at this point. We don't know if he's ever going to fight again. And I think people are just frustrated with it. I think people are just frustrated with it. Like they're ready to move on from Connor. They're ready. They're ready to move on from it. Like Connor is great for business. There's no doubt about it. But I think people are just frustrated with them. They're frustrated with, with him. They're frustrated with how the business changes when he's involved. Because like I mentioned earlier, if Colby Covington wins the welterweight title and Connor McGregor says, I want to fight Colby Covington and Colby Covington says, I'm going to fight Connor McGregor. Like, they might just make that fight. They might just make it. Charles Oliveira beats his own Makachev. He's like, I want to fight Conor McGregor. And Conor's like, yeah, I'll go to 55 and fight him. They might just do it. And the guy hasn't fought in almost three years. And the last time he fought, he got iced by Dustin Poirier twice. So, like, it's just frustrating, man. I think people are just kind of over it. Like, are you going to fight or are you not going to fight? If you're going to fight, great. But if you're not going to fight, like, don't fight. Go box. Go do something else. Like, you have a million business. Dude is successful as fuck and deserves it all. Good for him. The troubles with the law, all that stuff. Dude's out partying everywhere. Like, and people are just kind of frustrated. Like, dude, I thought you were coming back. I thought you were coming back. But you're just doing all this other shit. Getting in trouble all the time. Like, every, it seems like every three months there's a new report of something coming out. Some of those have been debunked. Some of those have been settled. Some of them turn out to be nothing, but some of them, there's smoke. There's a video of the man punching an old dude in the face. I mean, just a lot of stuff, man. A lot of stuff has happened. I think people sort of miss the, the climb, the rise. People say it all the time, like, getting to the top is hard, but it ain't as hard as staying there. Heavy lies the head that wears the crown. And I think Connor has 
done some great things in the sport. Like he, none of the success happens without him. One million percent. None of it happens without him. But I think people have just kind of grown tired of it. They're tired of waiting. They just want to like, is he going to fight or not? And there was a time where, I mean, after when Conor McGregor beat Eddie Alvarez, that conversation was was a real conversation. That I mean, if you like, if you're a newer fan, because there are certain time frames where people jump in. One is I was there from UFC one, baby. I watched from the very first one. Then there was kind of like where I was, the one that would like you know if you're at a bar or playing pool or something like you watched it, but like you didn't really get into it until the first season, of the ultimate fighter came out. There's that fan. Then there's the Rousey fan, the Rousey and Connor era where people kind of migrated in because they were such big stars. And then there was like the pandemic era fans where there's no sports ever. There's no sports in the world to watch except for the UFC. Then we get a whole new cluster of fans if you are one of those fans, if you are a newer fan of the sport who came in during the pandemic era or anytime after 2016, if you did not watch Conor McGregor beat the soul out of Eddie Alvarez, I highly implore you to go watch UFC 205. Pull it up on the screen. First of all, that event is incredible. Secondly, there, that might be the greatest title. That might be the greatest performance by a title challenger ever. This was one of the, I mean, Conor McGregor pitched a perfect game at Madison Square Garden. Eddie had nothing. Eddie had nothing. Conor had him beat before the fight even started. And then once they got in there, Conor just annihilated him. And it was incredible it was incredible now the connor we know now if you have not seen that and then of course like that's where everything started to fall apart he wins the second belt comes the two division champions simultaneously and then he goes and gets the floyd mayweather fight and then it's like that guy's gone because he goes and just gets run over by habib yeah he beats donald cerrone and then hasn't won a fight since but, man, that Eddie Alvarez performance is fucking insane. That was, like, pure greatness, man. Pure greatness. And I think those people who watch that performance, they just want to – they want a piece of that. They want to see that shit again or something close to it. But that was, like – and that was an all-time great showing that night. Uh, we'll take two more. We get Anthony, then we'll get Joe, and then we're gonna get out of here. Anthony, go ahead. Hey, Mike, how you doing today, Mike? Good, how are you, sir? I'm good. I got a, like a few questions, if you don't mind. Sure. So, so you're talking about that that Conor McGregor thing, right? I seen that fight, man. That was a beautiful fight, man. And it was. And um, my second question is, will Will Conor McGregor fight Joe Jones again? Who? John Jones. What if Conor McGregor fight John Jones again? Would he? Well, I mean, he's never fought John Jones, nor would he. So, no, he will not fight John Jones again. 
Uh, Joe, go ahead. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great, man. So I, I've been, I mean, I'm, I'm at work during these spaces. So if you hit this and I walked away, I apologize. We've been talking about errors and, uh, Kobe came up and Sean came up personally. Um, I'm very excited for the possibilities of Kobe winning the title, Sean and Kobe having t holding titles through for maybe a year would be great. Um, and that's all relevant to, like, we have errors. Like, the Chuck Liddell era was a lot of fun. A lot of fans, a lot of hype. Um, you could skip all the way forward to, like, the Conor McGregor era without having to – well, there's Anderson Silva and Conor. Um, what do you think the potential is to – I don't, I don't want to say recreate because, you know, Silva's era and Conor's era were nothing alike, but they were both amazing. So, like, uh, what, do you, what do you think of the possibilities for – making MMA fun again if these two guys can get these belts and hold on to them? Like, what do you see? Do you see this as a new error possibility? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's a really interesting question because I don't know, man. The problem is, like, it's not them. It's not, like... I love chaos as much as the next guy. I love throwing the chaos card down. I'm the guy who picked Charles Oliveira to beat Islam Makachev because of that chaos card. I was just too early on it because 2023 is the year of chaos. And I mean, kind of pun not intended because that's Colby's nickname, but you get what I'm trying to say. Does it make it more fun? I don't know, man. Cause Sean is just going to fight every day if you ask him to and Colby's not. So while it's interesting to have two sort of brash individuals holding belts and creating controversy and chaos, what are people going to do if Colby wins the belt and then doesn't fight at all until like December of next year, are people going to get frustrated with him now? I mean, I get the, I get the arguments here. I get why people have been frustrated with this whole situation. Colby hasn't fought since March of 2022. By the time he fights Leon Edwards, it is going to be 19... Oh, how many fucking months? God, I gotta do math. Nine, it's gonna be a long-ass time, man. Almost two years. Almost two years. 20 months? 21 months? Like That's a lot. That's a long friggin' time. So, I don't know. If he could be active, sure. But, I don't know, man. I don't know. What am I missing? Am I missing something here? Oh, shit. Really? Get the hell out of there. How did I not see this? Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk have signed contracts for an undisputed heavyweight championship fight in Saudi Arabia. This is from Mike Coppinger. Fight could take place December 23rd or sometime in January, sources said. Fury first beats France Ngannou October 28th in Saudi Arabia. Golly, man. 
And Fury kind of confirmed it. Badass, man. That fucking rules. All right. Okay. All right. Good. Now that's fun. That's fun. And then real quick before you get out of here. What is fun to me? I'll tell you what's fun to me. What is fun to me with the UFC is Noche UFC. That was fun. The Robbie Lawler retirement. And then like taking it seriously and treating it with respect. That was fun. The UFC is trying. I've noticed in 2023, the UFC is trying to do more fun things. Because for years, on multiple shows that I've been talking about for a long time, and some people like thought I was just being a hater, and some people still feel like I'm being a hater, but it's just not true. Uh, I called them the unfun championship because it was just so vanilla. Everything was exactly the same. We got uniforms. like No one could show their personality, all this stuff. And I feel like we, not much has changed, but at least like we feel – kind of feel like they're trying to do more out-of-the-box things. Like, they're trying to do more fun stuff. And I think that's what this is, man. Like, I just think... I think we need to veer more towards the fun side. Fighting, I mean, watching fighting is obviously fun, but... But we could be more fun. Like, we could do more fun things. And what's frustrating about the UFC is that we know they can be fun. Like, we know they can do it. When they want to be, they do it, and they do it incredibly well. But it's just so few and far between that it's just, it, that's frustrating too. So, look, if Colby wins the belt, it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be fun for some people, but there's going to be other people who want to see active champions that are going to be like, oh, shit, maybe he's not going to fight as much as Usman did. Or as much as Sean Strickland fights or things of that nature. So I think you'll get a mix of both types of things. Sean O'Malley kind of the same. Sean's not the most active guy himself. Guy wins the belt in August and says, hey, December, I'm going to fight you, Cheeto. And then we're like, oh, shit, we're going to see Sean O'Malley fight Cheeto Vera in December. And we're not. Not that we're getting bad fights instead but you know what i'm trying to say it could be fun but it just depends on who you ask i think everyone's gonna have different tastes about the whole situation all right one more toke because we haven't heard from you today go ahead keep it very short mike just uh i know you've got to get out of here i'm just uh coming in here to say there's only eight weeks between francis and ganu fury and then fury Usyk. this seems like uh, the organizers know exactly what's going to happen in the Fury and Ghana fight because they, there's no margin for error. There's no margin for uh, Fury actually getting an injury. They know exactly what they're getting into. Uh, they know that Fury is going to win, barring a freaking miracle. So, yeah, I just uh, think, thank God we finally get this fight. And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, hashtag Riyadh season because uh, the Saudis are really throwing money around, eh? So, yeah, that, that was basically all. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, look. We know what's going to happen on October 28th. We know what's going to happen, guys. 
I know if, if you watched BTL yesterday, Jed Mishu made his bold prediction that France Ghana was going to beat Tyson Fury. Um, it's just not going to happen. Tyson is going to box that man up in a bad way. And with this fight now being announced, like I kind of felt like Tyson would might carry him a little bit. I don't even think that's going to happen. I think Tyson is going to run him because now he's got this other fight to worry about. One of the biggest heavyweight fights, like most anticipated heavyweight title fights of all time, honestly, by the time we get there. So, hell yeah, man. Let's go. I love it. I love it. And maybe this takes a little bit of shine away from the Francis fight because I think some people are going to feel the same way. But at the same token, I think people are just going to try to support Francis and be happy for him. That he's going to make a big bag of money, although he's going to get rinsed pretty badly in Saudi Arabia, but there you go. Good for them. And uh, good for Tyson for taking this fight. I have a feeling it'll probably end up being in January, but look, man, you want to do it December 23rd, it's going to be a hell of an early Christmas present, is it not? I'm down. But all right, everybody, I got to go. I have to go. Uh, thank you all very much. Steve A interview will be coming up. Uh, hopefully soon uh, on MMAfighting.com. Appreciate it. I am off. After today, I'll be off the rest of the weekend. I'll be back on Tuesday to do this show, uh, which I'm very excited about. going to take a few days away from, from the space and enjoy some time with the family. Just relax a little bit. And then uh, all gas, no breaks the rest of the year, baby. So thank you all very much. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the rest of your Friday, and as always, have a heck of a morning, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.